This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. I think it lived up to what I thought it was going to be, which is to say Masvidal taking this fight on six days' notice and having to cut all that much weight, 22 pounds in, the, in a matter of five days, was going to take a toll on him. And if you watch the first round, which I thought he won, by the way, it looked like he was kind of swinging for the fences because he knew that he would gas out as the fight went on. Usman's a really tough guy and a great wrestler, and that can make you really tired. And it seemed like post first round second third and then as the fight went on he was just you know he was just spent so there was a part of me as I was watching this um, thinking to myself like okay this was fun this was great all credit to Usman he's the champ but man I, I wish we could have seen that fight you know with, with Masvidal getting a full training camp and not getting tired because he's not that kind of guy but when you consider everything he's been through over the past week it was inevitable that at some point in that fight he would get tired UFC analyst on ESPN Ariel Hawani, great friend of the show. I'm going to break down that UFC 251 card in a second. Had a couple surprises. Wasn't right with all my picks, but I'll tell you what. I was right about one thing, and that was the fight to watch. I called it. Yuri Prozeka taking on Volkan Ozdemir. I said, if you watch one fight, check out those prelims on ESPN. Check your local listings. That fight did deliver, but we'll break those down in a little bit here. But we got Steven, I believe, on the phone lines here. Um... Not sure what we're going to talk about here. Can't wait to hear him. But, Steven, what's going on, man? Hey, not too much, Austin. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, man. And yourself? Uh, hey, besides the Abbott and Costello movie binge I did yesterday, pretty good. <laughs> hey, you know what? There's worse ways to spend a Sunday, man. Oh, I think I found the idea for the 690 Syndicate. Hit me with it. All right, the back of the shirt has 690 from north to south and kind of do syndicate at the bottom, kind of like you're stamping a file, and then have you and Brent, like your cardboard cutouts right there, okay. standing to the side and kind of like a MIB look, but with a Minshew aviator's glasses on. <laughs> Steven, man, thank you for the call. That's awesome, dude. Cool, I'll be honest, man. I'm not mad at that. You like it? I'm not mad at that. I mean, since we're on the topic, do you want to hear my next great idea I have for, for the syndicate here? Okay. I don't know how we're going to make this work, but we have to have some kind of like game where people can call and win some prizes. But if you win a prize, not only do you get some 690 syndicate swag, but you also get a code name, right? So when you win something, I give you a code name. So that means that you're officially part of the 690 syndicate. Because let's be honest, okay. if we're going to go all, all in on this, like, I'm talking Mission Impossible style. We have to go all in on it. And if we go all in, we're going code names. Do I get a code name or do, like, I have to, because I'm on the show? Well, first of all, I get a code name. You have to earn it. But it's, okay. it's more for our listeners. So let's, let's, okay. let's stop being selfish, right? All right, like, fair enough. It's not yeah. always about you. But go ahead and call me Dragon if you want to call me Dragon. It's all good. <laughs> but, uh, no, uh, I think having code names, man, for, like, our diehard loyal audience members would be kind of a cool thing. Your thoughts? I think it would be fun. The problem. See, no, 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 okay. no, hold on. No, see, the, it sucks. This sucks for me because you start out positive, but I know something's coming. And I, what, what do you got? What? The the problem we'll run into is we don't with the phone lines. Sure. We don't really have a way to like say who it is. Like when when it's like um, caller ID, right? So when when Stephen calls in, I see his name. Correct. When when Gary calls in, I see his name. Yeah. 
But if we start having like to remember their names and then what their syndicate name is, it's going to be a problem. All right. First of all, first of all, first of all, you, you, you've gone from like co-creator of the syndicate to like secretary because <laughs> this is, this is the problem that you're going to bring to the table. Dude, we write the names down on like, there's going to be like an official parchment of the syndicate. This is going to be like in ink. Uh, this is going to be logged. This is I feel official. like it should be in blood, not ink. Well, I know, but that's a little aggressive. Okay. You know what I'm talking about right now? Yeah, HR so, might not. Yeah, red ink to, to make you happy. But my point is, there's going to be an archives of the syndicate, man. The, the, we're we're going to be in the in the deep, deep, deep web of ESPN 690 studios. We're going to have names written down. We're going to have people on the list, all right? So it's going to be fine. You cool with that? Can we sign them up for an email blast, the syndicate email blast? Once again, I don't like the ideas that you're bringing to the table. You're kind of like, sh- you're, you're kind of rooting my no, idea. No, but here's the thing: is like what? The, so we start a di- oh, I got it. We start a Discord. I don't. Okay? I'll be honest. I don't oh, know what that no. even means. No, what does that mean? I don't know. What Discord okay, uh, means. like a, a, a group chat. Okay. It's essentially a group chat, but it's on a on a on an app. Okay. You start a Discord. I believe there's a lot of Jaguar Discords. There are, correct. Yeah. And yeah. it's just essentially conversation. So when Brent has his ideas, instead of us doing our show prep through our text, we yeah. could do the show prep on the app where people can see it, and then they can already be chiming in on the conversation. Well, that's what they do in the movies. I mean, there's a Discord in the movies for the syndicates, right? I think so. Yeah, well, then absolutely. Okay. Yeah, the, the done. Sold. Yes. The ESPN 690 Discord for the syndicate. Okay, well, I then- like it. I just gave myself a lot of work by bringing that up. Well, listen, this involves because. all of us. I mean, it, it was my job to come up with ideas, and I did. I'm the idea man. Now you have to follow through with all this stuff. All right. So the, the first order of business is going to be figuring out how we hand out the nicknames and how you earn the nickname, right? Because, listen, you just can't <laughs> – let's be honest, Goose. This is an exclusive club, okay? Only the select few can be part of the ESPN 690 syndicate. This is, this is how I think people can earn their names, and this might get us in trouble. Here so. we go. I'm just putting that out there. Here we go. We get ESPN 690 stickers, which I think we have downstairs. I'm not sure. Yeah. I think I know we have magnets, but I I Ta- we need stickers no, for this. No, we have we have stickers. Tag them around town. Yeah. <sighs> and then and then, and then post then, photos, then post photos of, of it. it. I'm not mad at that idea. <laughs> That's the first good idea you've had in about two years on the show. Oh, I'm not mad at that. Because I'm just yeah. saying, like when I go up to some food trucks, you know, they got stickers all in the side of the food truck, and I have, I don't <sighs> see any of the radio on there. I'm like, oh man. <laughs> yeah, I'm not mad at that whatsoever. So yeah. We hand out the stickers. They have to tag, like I say, tag legally it. put legally <laughs> stick the sticker on something. Something that it's allowed to be on. Take a picture in front of it, preferably wearing a hood, so you look kind of like a badass, like like a member of the syndicate wearing a hood. <laughs> and then once we come across you on the interwebs, we'll invite you to the you syndicate. You have to tag our social. Yeah. And show us that you're ready to be in, and, and then, then we'll, we'll invite we'll you to the, the Discord link, whatever. Exactly. Whatever that is. And then we'll send you some merch. Coos. Oh man. Did we just make history? We also might have gotten ourselves in trouble. Well, should, should, should we ask Brent what he thinks about it? Oh, that's right. Brent's at a Brent's at a baseball game right now. Sorry, his vote doesn't count. Outnumbered two to one, regardless. Coos, write that note, write that idea down. That's a winner where I come from. All, All right. right, got it. Uh, but no, but my co-host Brent Martineau will be back here hopefully momentarily uh, at his son's baseball game right now. His son actually Ty is pitching today on the mound, so hopefully he's sitting him up and sitting him back down, uh, back to back to back. Tommy Namsky's is a little bit of the UFC uh, 251. And listen, did the card deliver? I would say it did. 
It had a little bit of everything. You had submissions. You had a little bit of blood. You had some knockouts. You had violence. You had a broken orbital bone, I think, from Rose Namajunas. So the fight delivered. And in terms of the numbers, 1.5 million pay-per-view buys. Now to the casual MMA fan, you're asking me, Austin, is that a lot of buys? And I'm here to tell you, yeah, that's a lot of buys and that's a lot of money. It's funny right now, right? Because like the NBA... Russell Westbrook gets COVID-19. We'll talk about that later. NFL, is it going to start on time? NHL, well, we're getting ready. MLB, we'll see what's happening. A lot of drama. Meanwhile, Dana White in the UFC is just like, hey, hold my paychecks because we haven't missed a beat. Sure, it's a little weird, a little empty in the, in the arenas and everything, and the sound doesn't come out great on TV, but they're still making their money, man. They're still filling that bottom line. So props to Dana White and the UFC. Real quick, breaking down the card, I told you guys to watch that one fight, Europe Prozeka versus Volkan Ozdemir. Prozeka knocks Ozdemir out in the second round. And keep in mind with Prozeka, his very first UFC fight, um, he was a UFC rookie, if you will, showed a lot of promise. Kind of had that cocky arrogance to him that you look for uh, in a fresh up-and-coming guy, 27 years old, still plenty of time for him to do his thing. So I think Yuri, Yuri Prozeka is going to be a, uh, a guy to watch in the light heavyweight division. That's 205 uh, weight class. Um, for the pay-per-view card, Paige Van Zant said it was going to be a big fight for her. She's really big on Instagram. She's with Dancing with the Stars. Her last fight on her deal. She had to win this fight in order to kind of you know make more money in her next contract. And I said it was going to be a battle. She's she's a tough girl. Well, <clears throat> unfortunately, I was wrong about that one. She got submitted in about two minutes via armbar uh, to Amanda Rebus. So, unfortunately, with Paige Van Zandt, I think she fought her last UFC fight, unless she agrees to take a pay cut, which I don't see happening. What I see is a better possibility of happening with Paige Van Zandt if she still wants to fight, because she doesn't have to. She is the quote-unquote Instagram influencer, after all. She can go fight in Bellator. That's, uh, that's where her husband fights. So you can kind of have have like the first husband and wife combo uh, fighting in Bellator, if you will. Next fight, Rose Nama Yunus taking on Jessica Andrade. I said I liked Rose Nama Yunus coming out of this fight. The first fight went her way until she got spiked on her head, and I thought she broke her neck. Uh, needless to say, goes to split decision. Rose Nama Yunus came on strong in the first couple rounds, but like the last round and a half, uh, Jessica Andrade wasn't messing around. Mike Tyson-style movement, Mike Tyson-style power. Um, looked like she appeared to have broke pay, uh, Rose, uh, Rose's nose and also her eye socket, but she still won the fight. Props to her. Wins by split decision. Peter Yan taking on Jose Aldo. Peter Yan comes in. Kind of silences the doubters a little bit. This guy was a giant hype train. Can he finally go get over the hump and beat a legend in the making in Jose Aldo? He definitely does. TKO'd him in the fifth round. And keep in mind with Peter Yan, too. He's, he's another Russian fighter, and we talk about Russian fighters being fantastic grapplers. You got Khabib, obviously, probably being one of the biggest MMA names right now in the entire sport. The crazy thing about Peter Yan is the fact that this guy, his wrestling is okay. But he actually grew up boxing. He's literally like the first guy that I've seen in the UFC from Russia that doesn't wrestle. The guy actually stays on his feet and strikes. It's insane to see. Uh, but going forward, obviously, he's going to be a star as well. He, he got the belt once again, TKO in the fifth round. Co-main event, this one ticked me off. Okay, the, this one um, was a robbery in my opinion. Alexander Volkanovsky retained his championship against Max Holloway uh, via split decision. I'm going to say it like this. I know you count round by round, and I understand that. 
but Max Holloway knocked down Alexander Volkanovsky twice. Okay, and to knock down a fighter twice and to do more damage to that fighter, to me, that warrants that you probably won that fight. Now, I get it. It was a split decision. It was razor close. And sometimes they say to get the belt, you have to earn the belt. Well, I think Max Holloway earned the belt. I think it was a bad call by the judges. I think Max Holloway should be the UFC champion again. And let's be honest, it sucks for him because now he's got a long road to try to get back to where he was. And Max Holloway actually released this on Twitter today. Just want to share this with everybody. Just landed in Vegas for another quarantine and was told some guys in the media are receiving threats for saying my fight was not a robbery. This is not okay. I appreciate everyone who wants to ride for me, but that ain't it. Life isn't always fair. It's even more unfair for many, many other people in the world than it will ever be for me. People are unemployed right now with no one in sight, and it's not their fault. It is what it is. Nothing changed for me as a fighter. We proved our point. I still have my five belts at home. I'm 28, and I'm healthy. Blessed era continues. Bless yourself. Shaka bro emoji. So, um... Great words to Max Holloway. Obviously, there's a lot of people um, that thought he should have won. I'm sure a lot of people probably lost some money, and that's why there's such an outrage and obviously of threatening you know, people on online via the media, media members. Never a cool thing to do, but it was cool that Max Holloway kind of had that piece to say and puts everything in perspective, especially a gladiator like him who always brings it. All right. This comes to the portion of my breakdown where I get frustrated with the casual MMA audience. And we're talking about the main event, Kamar Usman, Jorge Masvidal. First of all, I had to see Brent Martineau again when the UFC pay-per-view started. You see Brent Martineau in the background. There he is. Super Bowl, Radio Row. I'm like, oh, just get this moment past already. So thankfully, that video is probably to go to the archives now. I don't have to see Brent Martineau's mug in the background anymore of UFC promotion. With that being said, though, I did have, well, I did call on the show Hori Masvidal winning, and that was more of just me trying to speak it into existence because I think it would have been good for the UFC if he would have won. We're talking about a guy on six days' notice come in, win the belt. Are you kidding me? Be the welterweight champion? Who does that? Unfortunately, didn't go Hori Masvidal's way. Here's my issue, though, with casual MMA fans out there, casual UFC fans. I saw you guys on Twitter, okay? And no, you don't get a free pass from me, so I'm calling you everybody out. There seems to be a frustration. So, for instance, let's, let's set it up real quick. I said Kamar Usman, if he was going to win, it was going to be a grinding type of fight. Kamar Usman is one of the best grapplers in the world. He takes it out of you. He, he, he takes you to deep waters, and he says, can you swim for 25 minutes? Well, to be fair, Jorge Masvidal didn't get a full fight camp in. Towards that third round, started to gas out. It is what it is. The, whole, the human body can only handle so much abuse in terms of your heart rate. And Kamar Usman... Got that out of Hori Masvidal. No shame in Hori Masvidal. Didn't have a lot of time to train for the fight. It just it was what it was. But what I can't stand is the casual MMA fan that wants to go on Twitter and say, oh, Kamar Usman's a bad champion. That was a horrible fight. It was boring. Stupid. What a stupid. He, he should have stood up and threw fists the entire time. What a, I had, I, I'm not going to call the person out. Somebody called Kamar Usman a coward because he kept trying to wrestle Hori Masvidal. Oh, I'm sorry. Is this mixed martial arts? I could have swore it was. Hey, if there was only some sport out there where it it combined boxing with kicking, I don't know, maybe call it kickboxing. 
If you don't like wrestling, then go watch kickboxing. Go watch M1. Go watch the old school glory stuff. I don't care. But if you got a problem with what Kamara Usman did and it actually made you upset where you had to go on Twitter and rant about it and cry about it, then maybe the UFC is just not for you. Okay? I'm going to be honest with you. I just, for the life of me, I understand. Was the fight the most exciting? Absolutely not. Obviously, you want to have two guys throw fists and kicks and knock each other senseless. But Kamara Usman's a champion for a reason. It's because he's cerebral. It's because he's smart and he knows what he's good at. And he's a wrestler. Okay? Kamara Usman, that fight, do you know how much damage he took? Maybe, arguably, maybe 5%. Maybe he got hit two or three times where he felt it a little bit. But guess what? Kamar Usman's going to be good to fight again in a month if he wanted to. And that's my point. This is the prize fighting business, okay? At the end of the day, you, you can talk a big game like Conor McGregor, and you can get all the viewership if you want. You, you can be an exciting fighter like a John Jones or a Francis Ngannou and try to knock people out, throw spinning stuff, throw flying stuff, throw these crazy kicks. You can do all that. But my point is, if you're good at grappling and you don't take any punishment, you're going to have a long career in MMA. And that's the point. The point is not to go out there and not necessarily put on great fights. The point is to be a champion and make as much money as possible. Also keep in mind, yes, I get Kamar Usman try to grapple a lot and push Masvidal against the fence. But do you know where the fight stands? Do you know where the fight starts every single round in MMA? It starts in the center of the cage, and they start away from each other. So it's always the striker's advantage. Now, if the grappler takes you down and pushes you against the fence, that's on you. But it's always the striker's advantage to start out every single round because you start disengaged. What happens from there is on you. So I don't want to read these tweets saying Kamar Usman's a coward and he's afraid and he's a horrible champion. No, he's a genius because he took minimal damage, he delivered the damage, and guess what? He's still the champion, and he's making champions money. Enough said about that. Cool, is you ready to go to break here pretty soon, man? Yeah, we can go to break. All right, let's go to break here. Let's reset the because I got a little passionate, got a little winded here. Going to go get some hydration quick, clear my throat, come back in, ready to roll. When we get back, who's, well, since Brent's not here right now, you'll talk a little video games? We can talk video games. You want to talk a little Madden ratings? See, see what these Jacksonville Jaguars players are ranked here and see where, where, how we feel about it? Yeah. And also, the 99 Club. We have four We have four members of the 99 Club? They said there's more, but we've only seen four. We've only seen four members right now of the 99 Club, which means, obviously, the highest, most prestigious rating in all of Madden. Find out what players made that rating next, and find out what some Jaguars rookies are ranked in Madden. We get back here on ESPN 690. Welcome back here to ESPN 690. I think we're going to be joined by Brent Martineau here in the next segment. Game is over. No update of how Ty did. Seemed to be a fast game, so either that means that Ty dominated or he got shelled. I look forward to hearing that, as do the betters in Vegas, I'm sure. Kuz, what's up? I wonder if they only play seven innings. I think that's a thing. <clears throat> oh, yeah. I mean, they don't play nine innings. Is that how that is? Okay, no. I don't know. <laughs> they probably play, I don't know, five innings? I don't probably know. Probably seven innings. We'll, we'll find that out in a little bit here. Um, but, yeah, Brenton, Alabama right now. Hoover, Alabama, unfortunately, couldn't go to the SEC media days, which is a shame because 
it's something that I look to, I look forward to kind of hearing about every single year. It's almost like the Catalina wine mixer of college football with all the personalities. You got your Nick Sabans, and now you bring Leach into the mix, and then you you bring uh, Lane Kiffin. I mean, it'd be a great time, but unfortunately, right now, given the landscape, given COVID nineteen, uh, I'm sure it's going to come across as pretty different this year, and rightfully so. Um, you know, we've kind of been teasing about it all day here, and I want to mention this one more time, uh, you know, before we leave the show here today. But the Carathon 2020, presented by Duval Asphalt. Um, listen, you know, in in terms of donating to a cause, um, I can't think of anything better than to help a little one out there that's battling cancer. Okay, because I mean, listen, I'm sure if you're listening right now or you're watching us. Um, and anybody can attest to this. I'm sure everyone's had someone that's been affected by cancer. You know, I mean, I, I lost my I lost my uncle about two years, uh, probably about a year ago now. Um, you know, and he had his battle with cancer and things like that. And it takes effect not only on the person going through it, but also the family. I mean, I, I went through it myself. Um, it, it's a rough thing to be a part of. And then you think about a, a child. You know, uh, a six, seven, eight, nine year old, I mean, pick your age, but just a kid, you know, who's been handed kind of a, um, a bad hand of cards, if you will, um, that's going through this. It's just, it, it's impossible for me, um, to relate, to imagine. I you know I've shared the story a little bit. I used to do some stuff with the Children's Hospital here in Jacksonville, became great friends with, with a girl by the name of Ellie. And it, it's, it's insane because I'm looking down at the sheet that I'm supposed to read from. And I, and then I see this, you know, I see, you know, I'm supposed to say everything like that, but then at the bottom, there's the child cancer fund logo, you know, and it's, and it's basically the, the logo that they, you know, I mean, for, for all childhood cancer. And I'll never forget, um, and keep in mind, the, this special girl by the name of Ellie, I, I believe she was six years old or seven years old when I went to visit her the first time. And it was me and then it was a couple of Roar cheerleaders. And I, I guess she just gotten done with chemotherapy and, Obviously, I've never had to go through it myself, thankfully, but I know what it's about. And and it's not a fun thing to be a part of, um, to go through chemotherapy. And I'll be honest with you, I wasn't really sure what to expect. You know, hospitals have always kind of, um, you know, kind of made me feel uneasy. And like, I just, I, for the life of me, I didn't want to see just a sick kid in bad spirits having to go through chemotherapy. I just, man, I, I'll be honest with you, I just didn't want to see that on my plate. And lo and behold, I go to meet Ellie, and she's the most an energetic, loving, caring person that you're ever going to meet. And this is someone who just literally a couple minutes ago went through chemotherapy, you know, and it was evident she had the IVs all strapped up and everything, you know, her, her head was shaved, but I was just taken in awe of just how much life she had in her and just all the two things I'll never forget. Speaking of that logo, I brought that logo. So she actually, she gave me a pin and she told me to wear that on my cleats before every single game and it would bring me luck. And lo and behold, I did. So, uh, she gave me the pin. I wore that. Um, you know, I, I put like the tape around it so I didn't violate the uniform policy, but that was like my good luck charm from my days in Jacksonville up until my last game in Chicago. So I always carried that with me. 
And another thing I'm kind of reminded of, too, is before we left, you know, we said our goodbyes and everything and we kind of, you know, thank the parents for having us and all that. Um, she wanted to just get a group hug. We said, hey, guys, come around, gather on for a group hug. And obviously I'm, I'm a hugger, man. So I was all for it. But just, you know, seeing just the passion and just the joy that she had, just wanting a hug. You know, I mean, it's it's every kid's instinct just to want a hug. Um, and for me to be able to facilitate with that with, with, that with her was um was really special. So, anyways, I'm I'm sorry, I'm kind of rambling on right now, guys. But um, in terms of the of the carathon going on right now, you guys can donate in a couple ways. Uh, right now, the call center it is closed. Um, it closes at five, but it'll be there the whole week, right, Coos? If I'm not mistaken, well, or they can today? they can text and and go to the website. Okay, totally. cool. So then, if you guys want to text forever to four one four four, that's texting forever to four one four four. Um, there'll be information on how to donate there. You can, you can also visit the ESPN 690 website. You can also visit www.childcancerfund.org. And there's also an online auction going on right now uh, at www.carathon20.givesmart.com. I want to say that one more time for everyone at home. That's www.carathon20.givesmart.com. And Kuz, as far as like the auction items, some pretty cool stuff we got here, correct? Oh yeah, there, there's great stuff. I mean, if, from anything to just having a dinner out to uh, obviously the stuff that stuck to me was like the sports merchandise, yeah. Tiger Woods, all that stuff is on there. So uh, there's a lot of great items on there, and obviously not only does this help the children that are impacted with cancer, but it also helps their families as well. I mean, even ten bucks can go towards gas money to make sure that those parents who probably are sacrificing their jobs right now don't have to worry about gas money. So it's a pretty cool thing. I think we're joined now back with Brent Martin here. Brent, how'd the game go, man? It's over, baby. Got the W. There we go. How'd it tie well, you? Uh, 13 to 3 run rule only lasted five innings. I, I heard you guys talking. They usually will go seven, but if you're winning by eight after five, uh, then they'll call the game. Um, so, uh, got a nice win, 13 to 3. I tied it okay. I thought he was. Uh, the team didn't mind hitting against him today. Sometimes they can't figure him out. I thought they hit him pretty good, but uh, he got out of some things and, and got the job done. So uh can't be perfect, you know, three runs in about four and a third. And they, So, Ty, by the way, that breakfast I was telling you about, you know, we're trying to get up to maybe 65 miles an hour. Sure. New record today, man. Nice. New record at the IHOP breakfast. Got 69 miles Dang. an hour with the fastball. Throwing now, probably lived... Here's the deal now. We we play the opposite game. The folks around here, all they care about is hitting 82, 84, 85 on the radar gun. We don't. We want to live around 59 or 60 miles an hour. <laughs> we like to go the other way. So, uh, But anyway, once he hit 69, I think all the scouts came over, uh, had the radar guns out. So, um, uh, And then how about this? For the last two outs, we bring in uh, uh, this big kid, uh, good, good player, um, big, strong kid. He's a linebacker in football, too, and he looks like it, uh, Jordan Thompson. And he can hit 86. I think he was throwing like 82, 83, 84. Can you imagine how fast that must have looked to the kids? They went from tie at 62 probably on yeah. average to hitting 82, 83. I mean, we're, <laughs> we're, we're talking going from knowing Ryan in his prime to bringing out Tim Wakefield. Um, yes. <laughs> or like, was it R.A. Dickey? Was it yeah, a little, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. I mean, we're good, talking yeah. about that, man. Like, yeah, that's insane. That's, that's quite the contrast to say the least, Brent. 
Absolutely. So anyway, we got a good win. It's uh, back at it tomorrow here in Hoover. And uh, appreciate uh, you letting me sneak away for that one. Uh, good work, especially uh, touting the Carathon. You guys were just talking about those silent auction items. I don't know how much you got into it, but uh, Coos brought up a couple of good ones. And you can check out this on ESPN690.com. Tijuana Flats Taco Fiesta, Cantina Louis for her, $50 Cantina Louis gift card for Great Night Out. Uh, we also have Kentucky Bourbon Group Tour. These are some of the bigger packages. How about Iceland Fire and Ice Adventure? Uh, also, Tiger Woods, scorecard display, Tiger and Phil Masters flag, Kobe Bryant photo autographed, uh, 2007 Gator Championship ball and Gator Championship basketball from 2006. So there's a bunch of stuff. You know, back to the Iceland thing, Chris Reimer, remember Chris from the PGA Tour? I think yeah. he went with his family to Iceland, and he said he went like between Christmas week and New Year's Eve, if I remember correctly. He said it was unbelievable. Oh, yeah. To go to Iceland. Yeah. I was like, wow, yeah, I never really thought about it. But ever since he said that, I kind of, like, want to go. Yeah, so one of my best friends actually took a vacation there with his wife um, and absolutely loved it. And this is coming from a guy who's allergic to seafood, and that's all they eat there. Um, regardless of that, he said it was one of the best times he's ever had. So, yeah, Iceland's the place to be, uh, so I've heard. Oh, good. Uh, I'd like to do it. And he said that time is really cool. And, and I guess, like... This is going to be really bad, okay, because I don't know off the top of my head, like, what he was talking about. But I guess they have, like, these – you can almost, like, uh, stay in these places that are, like, right on the ice. Okay. Like, I mean, they're not igloos, okay? But get the <laughs> – it's like the idea of an igloo, like a hut igloo, okay? I don't know what they're called. I can't remember. But it, he just – he made it sound, like, so fun. It, it was really cool. He also said this. He's like, you think fireworks are big around July 4th or New Year's Eve yeah. here? He said every – person there does fireworks he said it's unbelievable he's like there's just explosions all night long everywhere sounds like my place to be then (laughs) i love it so uh anyway got me kind of excited about maybe someday going to iceland that i just would never put that on my radar but uh, anyway, there's a trip that you can go to Iceland, ESPN690.com, for more information to support the Carathon. We'll talk more about it uh, over the next uh, next week or so, and appreciate all you've already done. Uh, we had a $250 uh, challenge uh, earlier with ESPN690. We're making a donation. You don't have to donate $250. You'd love for you to do so, or even more, but just any donation. Uh, join join the cause. Uh, join us in helping the cause and, and make a donation. Uh, and that, uh, once again, you can text 41444 and the word forever. That's probably the easiest way to do it, 41444. Hey, I wanted to ask you something. I, I don't know how far you got. I was, was listening to some of the show, um, so I, I don't want to piggyback on some things you might have already talked about. But I put out there earlier today, it was five years ago today I went to the Home Run Derby in Cincinnati. Yeah. And uh, uh, Frazier won it, Todd Frazier. And at the time, he played for Cincinnati. So it was a home win for him. I tell you, Austin, I like we were going to the All-Star game, and I was really fired up about it cause, because we were going with Steph's dad, who's a huge Reds fan, and the game was obviously at Great American Ballpark uh, in um, Cincinnati. Yeah. And he, you know, I think it was Pete Rose was coming back for that. Uh, Morgan, uh, Johnny Bench, uh, I think Tony Perez was there, I want to say, too. Yeah, so uh, a bunch bunch of guys, right, sure. for the All-Star game. So we spent, I've never spent so much money on a ticket. And we got four tickets, and Ty, Steph, her dad, and me went, were going to the All-Star game. And, and by the way, that was awesome, too. Yeah. And it was really cool because he went to, like, all the big Red Machine games when he was younger. 
Like, in, I mean, he would drive down from Columbus, Ohio, and go to like all those games in '75, '76, and, and see that team play for like five bucks. Yeah, yeah. So for he, sure. and, and, and he tapes like Reds games still, and and watches them back. So he's a big Reds fan, and he had tears in his eyes seeing those guys out on the field before the All Star game. So it was really kind of a neat moment. But what we said, we're like, well, we're already here. Let's go to the home run derby too, and at least experience it. And I had no expectation. We're sitting in the left field bleachers, like way up there. And I'm like, yeah, this is a waste of probably whatever. I'm, I'm not even a big home run derby fan, like on TV. Well, I'm telling you, it was absolutely awesome. Now, I've covered better things, so I've been to better events because I've covered them, mm-hmm. but I've never been to a better event as a sports fan, like paying for a ticket. And I just thought the electricity in that place was so cool for a home run derby, and I'm not even sure TV does it justice, although the last few years have been pretty good, too. But uh, Frazier winning it is home park, and the, and the place was going bananas. It, it was really, really cool. So it got me thinking today, what's the best sporting event you've been to as Man. a fan? Yeah. And I, does anything jump out at you? Uh, what, have you been yeah. to some events as a fan? That I, mean, I would assume you've been to Lambeau as a fan, and Lambeau must be pretty cool. Well, so, yeah. So as a kid, I went to Lambeau one time, and it just so happened that my mom used to work at this store called Pottery Barn. I think they have Pottery Barns here in Jacksonville. Yeah, they still exist. Yeah. Yep. So um, she worked with a lady by the name of Lori Rugemer, who just so happened to be married to a guy by the name of Gray Rugemer, who actually I think spent some time in New York, Brian. He might have been gone when you know you were kind of cover, covering the Giants or whatever. But he was uh, he was the starting right guard of the Green Bay Packers. And since him and my mom or his wife and my mom were friends, we got tickets, man. So we got the hookup Monday Night Football taking on the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee Titans came into Lambeau and beat them by about 30 points. It was a horrible, horrible game. Um, I felt really bad going in the locker room after to say hi to everybody because nobody wanted to talk to me. It was an embarrassing game on primetime television. Uh, still a great experience, but that was the only game I got to go to, uh, you know, for, for Green Bay as a fan. Then obviously I got to play there um, years down the line when I played for the Jaguars. But the game that sticks out to me that I'll never forget came back in 2005, which would have been my senior year of high school, when I was getting recruited by the Wisconsin Badgers. And they brought me, you know, obviously you get recruited, you can go to the games. Well, I took one of my friends, I took my stepdad, who's a diehard Wisconsin Badgers fan, and we went Saturday night taking on the Michigan Wolverines, a guy by the name of Chad Henney at the helm for the Wolverines, um, uh, on a primetime game. I think at the time, Michigan was ranked number 12 uh, in the country. Wisconsin was unranked. Breaking rights on the line. You know, there was, I mean, there was a lot of hype around it. And obviously, when you have a night game, you have a lot of drinking because it is the state of Wisconsin and it is Madison, Wisconsin, after all. Before even kickoff started and we took our seats, I had a girl in front of me throw up right all over my brand new Air Force Ones because she had too much to drink because she couldn't handle ourselves. <laughs> the, the, the guy in the back of me who was the recruiting coordinator he goes, Hey, well, it looks like you're getting that full Wisconsin experience. And I go, You better believe it. Can't wait to watch this game, sir. So, like, there was just that much craziness going on. Wisconsin Badgers ended up winning it. Again, a last-second John Stocko. There's a name for you. A John Stocko QB uh, draw for five yards with about 20 seconds left in the game. The Badgers win. And I just remember the scene after we're leaving the stadium and everybody just partying, man. It was like Thunderdome. And, like, it was – obviously, I wasn't of drinking age, but I could kind of see what was going on. I got the gist of it. And it was one of the coolest atmospheres you're ever going to see. 
Well, we got some good responses in, and it's always cool to, you know, that's the fun part of being a fan, right? You create those memories, and hopefully the players and teams create the memories for you. But heading up to, Brad says, heading up to Pittsburgh for a Jags playoff win, I think that's a popular one uh, in Jacksonville, especially with the younger crowd. Uh, 2017 special, uh, whether it was a playoff game against the Bills or if you went up to see the Steelers game. Carl says game six of the 2009 World Series, Mariano Rivera came in the eighth, enter Sandman playing to finish uh. it for the Yankees in the Bronx. Not a Yankees fan but seeing them win the World Series in New York was unreal. You know what? I'm not a Yankees fan either, but I can appreciate Yankee Stadium, the lore, and and that point. You know, you don't have to always be a fan of the team to appreciate it. Uh, you know, you're not a Cubs fan, but if you were there in Wrigley, you know, for although they didn't win it at Wrigley, I don't believe. I think they won it in Cleveland. But you get my point. You know, if you were there for the World Series or NLCS or any of those kind of moments, uh, it would be absolutely um, memorable. Uh, for sure. Well, Let's see, we got a yeah, couple I mean, other... It would have been memorable for me because I would have got arrested from throwing stuff <laughs> on the field when the Cubs won the World Series. No, don't, don't ever say I would have been excited for that. Absolutely not, Brent. There's no uh, way. I said it would be memorable. I didn't yeah, say you'd yeah, be excited be for it. Yeah, there we go. Good point. Good point. Ed uh, says, Game 4, the 2004 Eastern Conference Finals between the Flyers and Lightning in Philly. Flyers won 3-2 to two to square the series at two apiece. Most electric atmosphere I've ever been at. Then went to a local bar and watched Philadelphia area horse Smarty Jones wing the Preakness. <laughs> Great day. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. Ocho Fischio, I think, uh, taking a picture of the Pittsburgh-Jacksonville uh, game in the playoffs, I think. Uh, oh, no, he's taking a picture. Of, this is, must not be a good one because I think this one might be at uh, the Jags when Pittsburgh came back. I don't know what he said. Oh, no, no, this is 42-28. to 28. My bad. It, it is the playoff game. Um, I had to dissect that picture for a little bit. He took a, sh- a shot of the Jumbotron. Ah. Uh, let's see what else I got. I got one more for you, at least. Uh, Taco Liker Tim says, 2015 Sugar Bowl, Ohio State, Bama in the first half, uh, in the first college football playoff, Zeke's 85 down the heart of the South was a life-altering moment for me. <laughs> He's a Buckeyes fan. Uh, you know, yeah, true. Those. I'll tell you another one now. I mean, obviously, I've been to some pretty good games, and I did not. I wasn't a fan here. But that Clemson-Alabama, when Clemson won on the late touchdown over sure. in Tampa, it was actually the time, the day Doug Marone and Tom Coughlin got hired. Uh, you know, when Gus Bradley was fired, it was 2017 in January, and I was there for it, and that was one heck of a football game, uh, Deshaun Watson and Clemson and the rest. So, And I would say a lot of people, whoever, like last year we were at, and this is a great fan event, again, didn't go as a fan, but even the final game at, at the Oakland Coliseum for the Raiders where the Jags spoiled that day, remember? Yeah, absolutely. I remember that one as well. The only one that's kind of sticks out to me as well, it's not really a big event or anything, but I remember like it was yesterday. I was in, I think we talked about it before, but I was in Albany, New York at a AU basketball tournament, kind of just walking around the courts a little bit. And keep in mind, it was like this 17 and you, so obviously it was basically your junior or younger. And there was this 16-year-old kid playing on the older uh, team by the name of Jimmer Fredette. And oh, I remember yeah. watching Jimmer Fredette thinking, like, I remember, I remember the hype around him, like, oh, this kid's the real deal. I remember looking at him and thinking, like, okay, someone obviously made a mistake in the program because I don't really see it. Because you looked at the kid and he's like, this kid? But then you watched him shoot a basketball and it was like, oh, yeah, I get it. He's probably going to be special one day. And lo and behold, especially in college, the guy was special. 
I think that's such a wild story you share because it's a small world because I obviously worked in Albany. We covered Jimmer for that. Yeah. I mean, he was a huge thing. He was, he's from Glens Falls, which is 40 minutes uh, north of, of Albany. And so I know exactly what you're talking about, where you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. And Jimmer was special, man. Yeah. And, and he was so special in college. I still think I'm, I'm a little surprised he didn't make it in the NBA. For sure. More. You know, yeah. I mean, he obviously put on a show overseas, and and was I think he scored like 82 points last year in a game. I mean, he can flat out shoot it. It's like to me, it's like hitting a little bit in baseball. If you can shoot it that well, how do you not have a spot in the NBA? If you couldn't feel the lick, you know, you they would find a spot for you if you can hit in Major League Baseball. They will yeah. find a spot if you can hit. Well, Jimmer was that kind of guy, but I, you still got to be able to play a little defense, and I think that was obviously uh, one of his his downfalls. I, I'm just surprised. I always said this, if you could put Jimmer Fredette on like a LeBron team and know, put him man. in the corner shooting yeah. threes while while LeBron's dishing, I mean, man, oh, man, that seems deadly it's, to me. It's just one of those things, right, because like Kyle Korver still has an NBA career. You know, the guy's been doing what it seems like forever, and that's his job. Like Kyle Korver, with all due respect, doesn't play great defense, but he's that spot-up shooter that, that gets to the corner and gets open, hits the threes. And it's just, it, it's crazy, I guess, sometimes when we think about the transition from college to the pros. Because you have a guy like Steph Curry, who was a great shooter in his own right, coming from a smaller school, wasn't that great at defense. Well, now look who Steph Curry is. You know, like he's like the name of basketball next to LeBron James. And you have a guy like Jimmer Fredette, who absolutely tore apart the NCAA tournament with his shot. And, you know, couldn't make an NBA team. It's just crazy how that works out. Hey, I got one more thing for you because we we're talking about the fan stuff. And keep them coming. We can talk about it all week long on, on my uh, Twitter handle when I ask that question. Home Run Derby was my favorite sporting event. I, like, paid for a ticket to go see. What would you want to see? And it was interesting because Edward, I think it was, said the hockey. I really want to take the kids to a Tampa Bay Lightning game. Sure. It, it just looks so electric. Absolutely. You know, inside there. Anything you really want to go to? I mean, I want to go to the Kentucky Derby. That's on my bucket list. But I don't know from a fan perspective. Like, I'll be like, wow, that was electric. That was unbelievable. I think going to, like, a lightning game in the playoffs might be electric. Yeah, you know, I mean, me, for me, obviously, you know, I feel about hockey and I feel about the Detroit Red Wings, so I'd love to go to Little Caesars Arena and watch a Red Wings game. One of my biggest regrets when I played for the Lions is I never got a chance to go watch the Wings play in the old Joe Louis Arena. You know, that's obviously a very historic venue. I never went, and I'm still kicking myself to this day because of it. All right. Uh, well, thanks for holding down the fort today. Uh, happy Monday to everybody. We'll be back at it tomorrow. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Don't forget Carathon. You can text the word forever to the number 41444 all week long. Uh, be a part of it. Join in the good cause. For Austin Lane and Justin Cousard, I'm Brent Mortno. Have a good rest of your night, everybody, and thanks for hanging with us on ESPN 690. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.